Today I talk with Chris Havlick, one of our 2018 Philanthropic Five Award winners. An estate planning attorney with Foley and Lardner, Chris was part of the effort to bring Wills for Heroes to Wisconsin. Wills for Heroes is a national program started after September 11, 2001, to provide free estate planning to first responders. Chris is a proud mom of two and enjoys leading her daughter's Girl Scout troop and coaching her local middle school forensics team. We had a great time chatting and laughing together. So here's our conversation. Let's just, <laughs> we'll jump right in. Christine or Chris, do you, which one do you prefer? I actually go by Chris. Chris, okay, okay. That's what I, I remember you saying. So, so Chris, tell me about this organization you're involved in, Wills for Heroes. So Wills for Heroes is a national organization that is in just under 30 states in the United States. And it's a program to provide free basic estate planning documents to first responders and their spouses. And it came about after um, September 11, 2001, when so many um, first responders lost their lives um, in the Twin Towers attack. And it's really just a way to give back to our community and our first responders and to thank them for what they do. So can you tell me what, what goes into, for those of us who don't, aren't as familiar with estate planning, what do you, what do you work on with these groups? Um, so what we do is we prepare for them a will, and um, there is a trust option with the will, a financial power of attorney, a health care power of attorney, and a living will so that they can have peace of mind. God forbid something happens, such as what just did happen last night in our city, that their families know that they're going to be provided for. And so we do this in a clinic setting. We actually go to the first responders. Oh, wow. And so we've been in police stations. We've actually been out in the garage with the fire trucks. Um, <laughs> That's so cool. Um, we've had witnesses um, signing documents in interrogation rooms. But we go on site to them on a Saturday usually and prepare these documents. And for our first responders, it takes about um, an hour and a half to two hours. And then they leave the clinic with a full estate plan. Wow. And so is it is it one-on-one? It is one-on-one. We can do about six individuals um, per session, and we do six sessions during each clinic. So in one clinic, we can do 36 estate plans. Wow. But um, they will come in, they will watch a brief orientation video, and then they will sit down one-on-one with an attorney who will prepare those documents for them. And then there's always an estate planning specialist on site to review them and make sure that they're 100% to the client's satisfaction. And then they will sit down at another table. We like to call it the execution room. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> where they will um, sign the documents with witnesses and notaries. And then they will leave with a complete estate plan. How did you decide to, to get involved with Wills for Heroes? As you may know, I'm an estate planning attorney at Foley & Lardner here in Milwaukee. And we actually had a firm client approach us saying that they um, had helped bring the program to Minnesota, and this was years ago, back like 2006, 2007, and wanted to bring it to Wisconsin. However, they needed somebody with familiarity with Wisconsin law and what's required in the Wisconsin documents and asked if Foley would be willing to partner with them. So my practice group leader asked if it would be something I would be interested in doing. I jumped at the opportunity because I'd always wanted to do pro bono work, um, but was having a hard time finding anything in my area of expertise. Sure. So just started you know, from the ground level. We really had to create every single document that was in the program and 
you had to partner with the State Bar of Wisconsin and get their buy-in. And um, since then, it's kind of been history. We launched our first clinic in 2009 and have been doing them ever since for over nine years. Wow, that is so cool. That is so cool. So you also do a couple of other things in the community. (laughs) You're very busy. Do you want to tell me a little bit about your involvement with Girl Scouts? Sure. So I have a almost 12-year-old daughter. She is going into sixth grade and I have been her and her troops troop leader for Girl Scouts since they were little daisies in kindergarten. Oh my gosh. Um, so it's been six years. I'll be starting my seventh year with them this fall. And it's just been an amazing experience to, you know, see them grow um, from little girls into young women and, and what they can accomplish. Just this past year, they earned their bronze award. which is um, the highest award that junior Girl Scouts can earn. And it's a project that they need to develop and do themselves. They all love to read. And so they really wanted to do something with reading. And so they saw a need with a local charity in Waukesha, the Women's Center, which I know um, the United Way supports very generously. So um, they wanted to partner with the Women's Center, and they did a book drive the Women's Center, and they also went out and found an old bookcase and refurbished it themselves. Wow. They did all the sanding, all the painting, they stenciled it because the Women's Center had a need for it in their um, respite care area for the children um, oh, that their I clients have. It. How fun. So you do a lot here in the community, but you also live in Waukesha. Correct. So I'd love to get your perspective as a Waukesha resident, since I believe the rest of the P5 winners live here in the city. Um, but as a Waukesha resident, what is kind of one of the issues or, or challenges that that community faces that's top of mind to you or, or something that you're passionate about? Well, you know, if you live in Waukesha, it's always about the water. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Okay. All right. Can, so, you talk, can you talk more about that? Um, well, Waukesha does not have the best water, and they have been told that they need to fix it. So I believe beginning in 2019, um, we will be now beginning water from Lake Michigan. Okay. Okay. But that's been... And that was kind of a contentious issue, That was a right? very contentious yeah, I rem- issue. I, yeah. I'm not from here, so but I remember <laughs> reading a little bit about that. And I was like, wow. And what's funny is I took a class about the World's Fair that happened in Chicago in 1893. And I read in there that they actually because they would need so much more water, they got it from Waukesha, Wisconsin. Well, back in the day, Waukesha was known for its water. Yes. People would come, you know, back in the 1800s, and they would come to visit the Waukesha Springs. They thought it was, you know, going to, like, cure their ailments. Sure. And then with industry, you know, as with a lot of cities, the quality of the water changed. changed. Wow. So... Some interesting history there. I know, it really is. So that's kind of top of mind and probably a subject of conversation out in Waukesha. Uh, Yeah, everybody (laughs) talks about the water. But honestly, you know, with Waukesha and my um, volunteerism that I did with the Women's Center, obviously domestic violence is an issue that I am passionate about and support. What or who inspires you? I would say mainly I'm inspired by my family. So, um, you know, when I... I'm out in my daily life. I try to first be a testament to my parents. My parents, neither one of them went to college or graduated from college. My dad started out, you know, as a carpenter, 
been doing you know the grunt work basically you know very low level and worked himself up to becoming like a master carpenter wow. where he does custom carpentry before he retired and my mom I think she started at her job the week after she graduated from high school and stayed at the same position until really? she retired you know so they worked hard they wanted to be sure that my brother and I were provided for and that we had opportunities that they weren't able to have and, you know, so I really appreciate that and all the time that they've given. Um, so, yeah, so I want to be a testament to them. I try to be, um, you know, a role model for my two children. I already said I have a daughter who is going to be 12 and going into sixth grade. I also have a son who is 14 and going into ninth grade. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. Big changes this year. <laughs> Big changes. We have high school and middle school. <laughs> but, you know, I try to live by example with them and, you know, to show them that you know, they can be giving back to their community as well. We spent three hours in May doing yard work in the rain for the Women's Center oh to try gosh. to <laughs> clean up their yard and get it ready for summer. Um, my daughter tends to come to, she loves coming and hanging out at Wills for Heroes clinics and helps set up and makes... She's going to be very prepared for, pictures. Her, for her financial future. Yeah, and then, you know, finally, I, you know, it's a partnership with my husband, so... Um, yeah, so those are the three. I love that. Things that inspire me. And we've got a little noise in the background again. We're in our new volunteer center. There's a lot going on down here. And finally, Chris, what's your secret sauce? What keeps you motivated? So I know you did send me some of these questions in <laughs> advance, and I was like, what do I answer for that one? <laughs> I love this question. This so, has been the, the most fun one, I think. I asked a couple um, friends and family and you know one person said I should just say barbecue sauce (laughs) (laughs) I love it and somebody else said I should say wine (laughs) yes mine would be wine and uh vegan ranch dressing (laughs) and I was thinking caffeine because I need to start every morning with a diet coke before we get going wow I love it seriously I think my secret sauce is probably my faith um I want you know I try to live my faith in everything that I do, whether it be work, family, volunteering, um, I always try to do my best and give, you know, 100% to make sure that, you know, what I'm doing, whether it's, you know, as an estate planning attorney um, at a Wills for Heroes clinic, as a Girl Scout volunteer, that, you know, I'm giving my best and doing 100%. And also, again, just, you know, being an example for my kids to follow. Oh, I love that. So... Like you said, you knew about those questions. You had time to think and prepare. And here are the five questions that I came up with that you're nervous about answering. Uh, Because you told me before we started recording that you're like, I don't know. Those last questions were tough. But I promise they're not hard. You don't have to think very hard about them. One is, what's a common misconception about your job or your industry? Hmm. That's a very good question. I think a common misperception, especially with the state planning, is people think it's all about the will and that we're always like in probate, which I know this is very technical, but um, we do so much more than that. It's actually a lot of complex planning with our clients. There's a lot of tax analysis that needs to be done, and there's so much more that goes into an estate plan than just a will. You know, as we even mentioned, when we do documents for first responders they don't just get a will they get four yeah (laughs) they get powers of attorney they get a living will you know that's one of the 
biggest misconceptions is that it's just all about, you know, all I do all day is draft wills and then go <laughs> file them with a probate court after somebody <laughs> dies, but that's not true at all. Um, I work on probably in any given day 10 to 15 different client matters, and I honestly never know what I'm going to be doing when I come into the office. I always have a nice list of what I want to get accomplished, and that very rarely happens because... Yeah. You know, clients will just call and, you know, that's what you're going to be working on that day. For other people who may be putting it off or not wanting to think about it, why is it important to just bite the bullet and get your estate plan taken care of? It's important because you want to be in charge of um, basically your decisions and where you would like your assets to go after your lifetime. If you do nothing, you end up dying what's called intestate. Um, and then um, the state of Wisconsin basically um, tells your family where your assets are going to go. There's a statute that outlines, um, you know, who would get your estate. Um, what estate planning does is it puts you in the driver's seat. You can, um, you know, you can plan to provide for your spouse, your children, your grandchildren. Um, you know, you can make gifts to charity. Um, you're really in the driver's seat. Um, to make sure that your wishes are carried out and not, um, you know, some statute dictating where your assets are going to go. In addition, like with powers of attorney, um, you know, you want to be sure that, for example, with health care, that, you know, your wishes are followed out with um, end-of-life decisions um, and things like that. And, And so those documents can do that. And I know it's scary and a lot of people don't like to think about that in end of life, but, you know, we try to make it very, um, you know, very low key and very um, friendly and, you know, as stress free as possible. And that's one of the comments that we receive from our first responders with Wills for Heroes all the time is that they're always nervous about doing it, but they couldn't believe how relaxed they felt while they were doing it and how, you know, stress-free it was. And they probably feel better afterwards. And they do. They feel very relieved. That's a mind factor. And I always like to think of, you know, when I'm doing something now that I don't really want to do, but I'm like, I'm doing my future self a favor. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing future Katie a a favor. (laughs) What's your favorite way to unwind? So, especially this time of year, I love to just um, go hang out on our deck on a beautiful summer evening. Um, listen to music. We have a little fountain that we can plug in and drown out some of the, the noise of the city. <laughs> <laughs> um, so usually um, if I have some time, that's how I unwind um, at the end of the day. That sounds great. What might people be surprised to know about you? People would probably be surprised to know that I have done six triathlons. Really? <laughs> yes. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. So tell me about that. So started out um, just before my 40th birthday. Um, some girlfriends and I all, um, you know, we all turned at a different age or a different year. And so we all got to pick one thing we wanted to accomplish. Love it. And so mine was to do the Iron Girl Triathlon um, in Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. Wow. So we, you know, we trained for six months and we all finished. Our times weren't great, but it was an accomplishment. Hey, still. (laughs) What's the most challenging of the three Um, for you? For me, it's running. Running. I do not like running. I have never liked running. Yeah. Um, 
And it's the last one that you do. So after swimming, so you're exhausted. Making, you know, 12 to 15 miles, you then have to go run a 5K. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. When was the last time you laughed really hard? Oh, last night. Last night. <laughs> <laughs> and why? Who made you laugh or what made you laugh? Okay, so um, I was kind of nervous about doing this podcast. <laughs> um, so my daughter decided that we were going to practice. Love it. Love it. So she got out her Very karaoke smart. machine and got out the microphones. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, man, and then I was giving silly answers to her, and the two of us were laughing so hard we were crying. <laughs> I call that crapping. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love it. I love it. That's so great. And what's a talent or skill that you'd like to have? I would like to be able to draw. Really? I, you know, I've not, I've never been good at art. It was always, you know, mandatory in like kindergarten and elementary school that you would have to do art. And I was always terrible at it. I'm like too right brained, I think. So, um, yeah, I would like to be good at art. Um, you know, I would actually, yeah, I just want to say to those people out there listening that, um, you know, giving back to your community is easy if you are willing to do it. Um, just find something that you love and are passionate about, and, and there's opportunities. You know, if you love dogs, go walk dogs or pet them at the Humane Society. You know, if you love estate planning, volunteer at a Wolves for Heroes clinic. Um, you know, if you like food, go sort food for the Hunger Task Force. But, you know, there, there's opportunities out there. Just, you know, find something that you love, and it makes it easy. I love that. And that's and that's such a great pitch. And um, and here at United Way, we are here to help you. You definitely connect. are. If you're lost and don't know where to start, give us a call. Mm-hmm. We'd love to uh, to get you connected to what you're passionate about to help the community. Well, Chris, thanks so much. Oh, Congratulations on winning the uh, P5 Award. Very so well-deserved. And I've had such a fun time interviewing all of the winners. I think you guys all give back to the community in really unique, interesting ways. Yeah, I was reading the bios for the other um, winners, and what they do is just amazing. I couldn't believe it. It's so cool. So thank you again. Thank you. That was Chris Havlick, of counsel and business lawyer with Foley & Lardner, who also provides estate planning expertise to first responders through the Wills for Heroes program. Join Chris and our other winners at the Philanthropic Five Awards event, Thursday, August 16th, 5.30 p.m. at the Ivy House in Milwaukee. Register at unitedwaygmwc.org slash p5.